Hello, welcome to Metal Hammer Podcast, episode four. I'm Mo, and this week I'm here with Luke and Jonathan. Our reviews editor, Jonathan Seltzer, has joined the party. Al is away today, so we've got Jonathan filling in. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Glad to be here. Good and to hear. Darkening your podcast. <laughs> That's my <laughs> favorite. How are you doing, Morton? What's going on? What have you been up to this week? What have I been doing? Oh, I've been having a very metal and techie You've week. You've been all over the fucking place. Um, last week, I went to see uh, Conjurer, who we are all big fans of, at the Black Heart in London. They played the new album, Maya. And how was uh, that? In full, and it was fucking brilliant. Like, so they are a special band, aren't they? It was so crushingly heavy. And it was so slick. Like There was nothing out of place, and you could just tell how much it meant to them to be playing it. And it sold out, I think, as well, which is cool, before the album... Even even came out, so yeah, that was really good. To see. Excellent. And then the day after, I boarded a plane to the Netherlands to go to uh, Complexity Fest, which is a t- a two day tech metal festival in Harlem, which is just outside of Amsterdam. Not, not that Harlem. Harlem. Not that Harlem. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> no, about yeah, about a twenty minute drive from Amsterdam, and yeah, it's nerdy. Uh, you can't get uh, uh, escape that really. But it's a no, lot of but, it's a, but there's a lot of fun, man. Like, they, like they've got their own beer they they brew there. It's like six percent. So that was a good, that was that was a good evening. And there's there's some fucking wicked bands. I didn't realise how much I'd enjoy Carnifex. I've never really been into much deathcore, but they were just wicked. Yeah. Really, really. Sick. I don't mind Carnifex. Definitely one of those bands. I don't mind watching live. Mm. They know how to bring it. Exactly, they were wicked. Chaotium were amazing. A uh, band from uh, Beirut. Like really like intense metal. Really, really good. Sixth were really good. As well, but my favourite, obviously, of the weekend was Employed to Surf because they're always amazing live. Absolutely. Although it turns it's out, it's interesting that they they're on they're on a bill like that. Yeah, one I of guess those bands that have kind of crossed over into that world as well a little bit in it. terms of their audience. Because yeah, we sort of associate them with hardcore over here, but they listen to the guitars. It's pretty techy yeah, what absolutely. they do. Yeah, it's pretty. They've got that tone that many many bands. Like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But yeah, it was pretty awkward when they parted the crowd for a wall of death, and then the crowd just looked at each other. And the song ended. Really? Yeah, they didn't run into each other. No one knew. (laughs) They did not know what to do. Come on, man. Metal 101, that is. There's any direction signs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Now, when we sat down, we kind of said, oh, Jonathan, because he kindly filled in uh, this week. We said, oh, have you actually been to any gigs this week? And you went to see a band called... Maggot Heart. (laughs) Of course. Maggot Heart. Uh, Um, Can you tell us about Maggot Heart? Okay, so they're not um, the kind of gore grind band you'd probably expect. That is literally what I said. It's a punk band and it's fronted by Lanier, who used to uh, be one half of The Oath and used to be the guitarist for Grave Pleasures. Wow. Um, and she's gone off and pedigree. Yeah, she's gone off. We we did a piece on them about a year back, and this was the first UK gig. How was and it? it was absolutely incredible. It was just like when someone's really in the zone, like you can tell, and it just creates something that's bigger than the sum of its parts. And it was just so intense. It's furious, um, just genuine heart and fury in there. Awesome. And you know, very different from the kind of more kind of occulty retro rock that she was doing before um, but just totally personal and she has a really tight band behind her so it's not like the kind of sloppy punk it's um, it's a band that really kind of gels into something that's even bigger than some of its parts and yeah I just thought it was one of those bands that um, are really inspiring about someone who's just put themselves on the front line amazing and, um, and I think um, the more people hear them the bigger they're going to get because um, there's something really special going on there. Awesome. You heard it oh. here first. Maggot heart, not gore grinds, just awesome. 
Also something massive that has happened this week is that we have a brand new issue of Metal Hammer out on the shelves. It is out there right now, people. If you have not bought it yet, get out there the second this podcast finishes and buy yourself a copy. <laughs> we brought together Rob Halford and Tony Iommi. Judas Priest meets Black Sabbath for the first time ever, both on the cover of Metal Hammer, both in the same interview. We got the two guys together in a room in Worcester. It's <laughs> capital <laughs> of metal. <laughs> Uh, in Worcester for a first time ever conversation about their amazing respective careers the uh, right from the very start of the late 60s when they're both kind of bumming around in Birmingham as young guys frustrated dudes kind of just trying to make a name for themselves in the rock scene back then all the way into the excess and uh, the huge burst of metal in the 80s the difficulties that they encountered in the 90s right up into the 2000s when things started to come full circle and both where they are now. They also talk about what they have planned. We know that Judas Priest have an absolute crusher of an album just about to drop on us. You can read that very special review uh, by Dom Lawson in this issue as well. We also know that Black Sabbath um, called it quits last year. That doesn't necessarily mean by any stretch of the imagination that Tony Iommi is done writing music. He drops a few hints about what is to come. Uh, You need to go pick this up right now only in our new issue it's really good I was actually there um, I didn't do the interview it was done by the excellent Dave Everly who's a former um, deputy editor at Classic Rock and uh, stepped into this interview for us but I was actually there when we did the shoot and some other bits and bobs with them and sharing a, a room with these two guys was just one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had like to see them both walk in just instantly looking metal as fuck um, taking the attention of everyone in the room straight onto them both uh, kind of seeing these godlike figures in front of you but then what was actually really amazing is just how lovely they both were like they were both just you kind of I don't know what you expect really I've, I've interviewed um, Rob before and uh, I've inter- have I interviewed Tony? I don't think I've interviewed Tony I might have shook his hand once and managed to not shit myself <laughs> I was like, you've interviewed Tony before yeah I interviewed him last year yeah he's genuinely just such a nice yeah. man like happy to put up with any of my bullshit (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and yeah like getting to honestly seeing these two guys in the room together like it's just like a couple of lovely old mates just sitting and having a natter and some of the stuff they talk about is really great Um, it's heartwarming it's funny it's emotional at points like it really is one of the things um, you've got to read this month I'm not just saying it because it's my job to sell it I honestly think it's one of the coolest things we've done and it's great that's not all we've got in here though Luke do you want to talk about some of the other shit we've got in this new issue every metal band in the world no uh, it's a little bit stacked what have we got in there we've got Conjurer we've got, Ma- we've got Mastodon Conjurer. and just Tools about them. Conjurer just, this week. just them we've got the Mastodon and Tools supergroup yeah. uh, Legend of the Seagull Men that's weird which is what's that about still it's really weird like as you'd expect from those two bands it's if you like fish and you like metal this is for you (laughs) (laughs) shout out Al (laughs) not with us right now but forever remembered and you've got got Primordial you've got Turnstile you've got uh, Between the Buried and Me you've got Andrew WK you've got Andrew WK Uh, we we mentioned that actually Um, if you missed it Luke's got a special feature length podcast interview with Andrew WK that you can also check out right now Um, Elle also got to speak to uh, Andrew WK she went out to Chicago for a really interesting chat with him and Mm. um, I don't want to spoil it but he was not in the kind of mood you always expect Andrew WK to be in and it was a really interesting encounter 
So you should definitely check that out. Uh, we mentioned Love Bites not last week on the podcast. Uh, this kind of um, the most probably interesting band in this new wave of all-female Japanese kind of power and heavy metal bands that are obliterating the underground over there. We talked to them, that's great as well. Uh, yeah, Sepultura in here, we talked to Max, Igor, Andreas and Paolo uh, about the year around Roots, the, the year that kind of tore them all apart and everything went to shit for a while. They also talk about those long rumoured uh, reunion conversations that have happened, there's some interesting insight there going on. Uh, yeah, it's all in there, it's out now. It's just good, isn't it? Yes, if you like metal, you need this magazine you in your do. life. Get it in your life. It's really good. We're very proud of it and we appreciate your support always, so go pick it up immediately. We've also got a lot of um, Middle Eastern um, bands in there as well. This um, Very good this point. Is, a good point we'll uh, make. Do you want to talk about that quickly? Yeah, we, well, in, um, we have, uh, first of all, you mentioned Kera, Chaotian. I did. Um, they're not actually based in Beirut anymore. Well, not anymore, no. No, they've moved to the Netherlands, but they kind of grew up during the civil war over there. They've been arrested um, and interrogated for playing metal because, according to a lot of the authorities over there, if you play metal, you must be a Satanist. Of course. <laughs> that, that's, um, that's, not, that's not a dictate, that's just sort of what they seem. And uh, we have an, another Afghanistan, we have an Afghanistan band um, in this year as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been through a lot of heavy times as well. Yeah, District Unknown, a band that we've actually uh, uh, had down to the Golden Gods a few years ago. Uh, another fascinating story that we always make an effort to kind of cover metal um, in places where you would p- perhaps not to see a, a lot of uh, bands emerging from but um, they're a band that uh, came out of Afghanistan where again it's actually kind of it can actually be a, a life-threatening issue to even play heavy music in the first place um, and uh, yeah they've got an amazing story and there's a great new documentary that's coming out about them very soon so pick that up to read about that also also happening in the world of metal this week we have new ghost dates. It's just interesting. Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Appeared on their Facebook page, unannounced. We saw Appropriate a, uh, for ghost. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we saw there's been a kind of social media, well, I guess it's a red out. Yeah. It's not, it's not a blackout. They, <laughs> a burgundy out. painted all their stuff red. Um, fans going into absolute meltdown, yeah. trying to work out if that's symbolic of what's coming next, what we're going to see from them next. Uh, and then, yeah, they've just dropped, they've dropped a tour poster that's called the Rats poster. Yeah, uh, rats on tour or something. What looks like a glimpse of a slightly evolved new pupper on it as well, I think, if you look at it. Yeah, he looks like he's still doing his vaudevillain style, vaudevillian style, but he's got longer hair now. I think you pointed out that he's got side some sideburns now. I'm a big fan of the sideies. And he's got, he's holding a cane, he's got leathers on. Looks yeah, I thought leather, leather trench coat to me, or leather, um, what do you call that, it's the posh suit kind of coat thing he wears. I, don't know. I have no idea. The posh suit coat that like he wears. Like what he wore, he, what, he was wearing what he wore before. He looks leathery and more sideburny, yep. which is fine with me. The leathery gentleman's man. jacket. Exactly. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, interesting. Uh, one to watch from there. Uh, we also had a new Parkway Drive song out today. What we said about the new Parkway song, wishing well. It's fucking heavy and great. <laughs> really, really good. Um, yeah, I, I, we're all big fans of Parkway here. I think. If, are we all big fans of Parkway here? I, I am a, a gigantic fan of Parkway Drive. Yes, more and more and more as they've gone on. Like I was my, my favourite thing they've done personally. Yeah, and I think this con- is a, it sounds like it's going to be a continuation of Aya in the more melodic way, but also at the same time it can crush and shred and kill you. The video I think is silly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't like the uh, Sinead O'Connor treatment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was it? Head from heart attack or whatever? Just. just <laughs> 
Oh God! Yeah. No, it's, well, I don't know. It's it's impactful, isn't it? It's it's. I, I put it this way: it's definitely not like anything I've seen a band from their uh, side of the scene do before. No, and I think it feels like they they're way more intense. Last album on Aya, they were jumping out of airplanes for music videos, and now it's way more dark and brooding, and Winston just yep. gurning Absolutely. and screaming at the camera, like, "Okay, this is probably not going to be a cheerful no, record." Definitely getting a vibe from that that there's something a bit a bit deeper and darker going on with Parkway this time around. I think it's obviously, uh, I mean, everything they do is is from a personal standpoint, but it definitely feels like it's kind of very upfront and personal stuff, um, which yeah, it will be fascinating to see how that how that um, manifests in the album itself. But, I mean, Ghost and Parkway, both back in action, both doing stuff this year. Very, very excited about that. Two very important bands oh, yeah, for where Metal's out right now, I think. If you saw either band on their last album cycle, you couldn't say they weren't both 10 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with 100%. We can't wait. Uh, also, something happened that this week, which I think we're going to kind of try and delve into a little bit, is uh, Tarka. Uh, had their US tour well no they, they pulled it they cancelled the whole okay. thing um, so for people that aren't familiar with this situation Tarka are kind of a veteran Norwegian black metal band been on the scene for years and years now um, and they were due to head out on a US tour uh, this coming spring um, a photo was dug up of frontman host performing at a show in Germany in 2007 I think it was uh, and he had a swastika painted on his chest in the photo so I'm sure you can see where this is all gone. Uh, there was a social media outcry. Um, I think a rapper who was due to play at the same venue as them somewhere in America refused to play. Um, the support band for the Talking Dude dropped out of the date saying that um, the banner, oh, this is their actual quote actually. So King Dude said, the banner under which people enter a King Dude concert must be welcoming to, all people, to people of all walks of life, race, religion, gender, etc." Um, so yeah, it's 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 not an unfamiliar situation for an extreme metal band to find themselves in. Host told Terrorizer magazine recently um, that the, the the symbol wasn't supposed to represent any personal beliefs of the band. Uh, they used it as a symbol. In fact, the exact quote was: "We only use that symbol as another symbol for evil. The usual symbols, the pentagram and the inverted cross, don't invoke reactions anymore." Um, so yeah, it's an interesting situation, and I think it's it's. Uh, pertinent in a way that Jonathan said because I know you know host and you know those guys quite well so I mean what's your yeah. your take on the situation uh, okay well first of all the um, it didn't I mean that photograph didn't just appear you know on the internet it was when it happened there was a lot of talk about it at the time we actually did a feature in Metal Hammer with host um, talking about that incident and I mean it's funny he gave a different um, rationale for it then. He said he, he was trying to break a taboo. And I guess if you're going to put a swastika on your chest, you've, you know, if you do it in Germany, it's going to cause the greatest reaction. And I know he's a bit of a provocateur, but I also know that he's not a Nazi. And, um, you know, whether you think it was foolhardy or not, or, or worse, you know, this is not a Nazi band. And, you know, there's never been any instance of any of their gigs where there's been any kind of... Any even insinuation that of of any of that, there's, you know, you don't get Nazis at their gigs. You know, House is pretty much the black metal Iggy Pop. You know, the the concerts are just like you know the kind of pure punk rock and roll black metal, and they're really celebratory affairs. And um, so, this happening in the US, it, it just it, there's just a lot of forces at play here. Uh, there's the Antifa who are quite um, effective over there. 
and they just seem to attack anything with even the merest hint without actually um, looking further deeper into uh, the issues or having a dialogue with the artists involved. Then there's a whole phenomenon in the US as well of the SJW, Social, social Justice Warrior, that um, seem to delight in um, wanting to take all the less lubious bits out of black metal and basically um, neutralise it. Mm. And, um, and that seems to be a particularly American ph- phenomenon. But none, none of these people um, had a dialogue with Host to ask him about it. And I just think it's, um, I, just, I just think the whole thing's um, ridiculous. Uh, it's interesting, to, yeah, it's interesting to, to hear a take on it. I mean, for me personally, um, I guess a lot of this comes down to the fact that if you're going to get up on stage in Germany with a swastika on your chest, what reaction are you hoping to get that will then, you know, they've got up there and they've caused a shitstorm admittedly 11 years later <laughs> which is kind of a bit odd but I mean you get presumably you do these things to cause a shitstorm that's part of the DNA of a lot of extreme music and it's caused a shitstorm so I kind of think well what I don't really know what you're expecting to happen <laughs> yeah uh, maybe he was trying to provoke a debate maybe he was just trying to sort of prove that um, you know Batman still has a shock factor um but, you know, this isn't the first time it's happened in the US. You know, there was a um, whole big incident with um, uh, Destroyer 666 when they played the US. And there were certain um, uh, accusations thrown at the singer KK um, in, in websites uh, over there. And they were proven to be false. And they got into a lot of shit. And it just seems to be a lot of people um, trying to prove, prove certain credentials by attacking, you know, extreme metal bands um, without... Um, actually dealing with any sort of actual facts on the ground or mm. looking deeper into the issues. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, I mean, you know, we, we would never cover a properly NS, you know, you know National Socialist Black Metal Band, no. and we would never give these people the, um, you know, the oxygen of publicity, ever. Um, but, but, you know, there's, you know, when you're dealing with art, which I think still think black metal aspires to be, um, a lot of people will sell close to the wind mm-hmm. and um, that doesn't mean you know that you need to censor it to to sort of tackle the issues that they're bringing up of course yeah we might not solve it I mean it kind of leads on to what we were talking <coughs> about last week when it comes to kind of politics and music and ethics and where you draw lines and stuff I mean uh, I think that um, it, it, censorship and metal is an interesting thing because where, where do you draw the line with what should be, I mean, to me personally, if I if I was in a, a gig and I saw a guy on stage with a fucking swastika on his chest, I mean, it would certainly provoke me. Like it, you know, it, it would. I would know whether to throw a bottle at the guy or just walk out or what, what. What what do you do? But you know, you raise a good point. Should it doesn't seem like anyone's even interested in engaging host about this. It's just kind of yeah. I mean, you know, you know, there's, you know, there's a context. I mean, basically, his albums are very much tied in with his name, Bergen. He has like seven albums for the seven. So all his albums have like seven tracks for the seven hills in Bergen. Um, and there's no history of any kind of race baiting um, in Talker's music ever. No. Um, and but you know, he he is he has been pretty much the black metal wild boy. And you know, so he's, he's going. I mean, I, I think what he did was pretty stupid. 
and I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure what point he was trying to make with it, um, other than um, I mean, just to just just to wind people up. Maybe the thing was this kind of stuff. I think a lot of the time these people that do this kind of stuff, they don't even really know what point they're trying to make. They just jump on stage and they paint themselves a certain way, or you know, you mentioned Phil Anselmo jumping up on stage and say, "I'm not saying that's the same thing," but you know, sometimes people just jump on stage, they do stupid shit, they wear stupid shit, and they don't even know yeah. what their point yeah. is. And but you know, in I'm not sticking up for them, by the way, because no, I don't know. Host, no. I don't personally know well. Don't know host well enough to go into that side of yeah. stuff. But um, but you know, this debate seems to be deliberately trying to not use any context mm-hmm. and use one picture um, uh, to basically stop a lot of people working and stop a lot of people going to gig that's, that would have been um, in the best sense of the word a complete riot because you know they're huge in England you know and they, they can play to 800 people and everyone having an amazing time um, and they're a great rock and roll band mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's, it seems a real shame and um, and I think a lot of people are getting very self-righteous on the basis of very, on a very small amount of information and unwillingness to actually look into any further information. Mm-hmm. I think engaging people on this kind of stuff is definitely a more uh, productive way yeah. of, yeah. of going about and, um, you know, But I do still think, like I said, <laughs> yeah. you do buy a sort of sticker on your chest, yeah. you're kind of asking for... Yeah, yeah. But we did a piece, I did a piece with, with Host uh, at the time, and you know we didn't shy away from talking about it. No, of course. Of course. Um, but you know, also it's black metal. You know, black metal's not always nice. So sometimes you, you know, that, you know, the, the, you know, sometimes there's an air of danger in black. You know, there's an air of danger in black metal, and um, it doesn't mean you have to like uh, go along with any sort of particularly extreme right wing views. But I'm just saying that um, if you try to take that all out of black metal, you're going to take away a lot of its power. Mm. And I think um, in, in the US particularly, they don't really have this history of black metal where they can kind of see it in a bit more context. And I think, mm. you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of black metal bands stemming from the US that seem to be, they kind of don't want a large part of what makes black, black, black metal black metal and take certain aspects of it and... Take but you're not talking spe- necessarily specifically about right-wing viewpoints there. You're talking yeah, about just a talking kind of inherent, like you said, kind of danger, this sense of the other... Yeah, the sense of the other and the, and the sense of earthiness and, yeah. Yeah, it's probably most of the black metal we listen to more than... Navi Pandy poses. Yeah, the hipster black metal that we like. Yeah, fair. Interesting. Well, uh, yeah, well, it'll be fascinating to see where they can go from here because... Um, as I say, I, t- I keep saying it, but I kind of struggle to find sympathy for anyone that does decide to slap a swastika on themselves. But at the same time, I guess, what's, what's the end game of this? Like, what, you know, that, that tour's got pulled. Okay, that's happened now. Mm. That tour's not going ahead. So what's the next step? Do the bands, are the bands expected to apologise to somebody? Because they're not going to do that. There's a statement they put on their Facebook that's, you know, defiant and saying, you know, people don't understand us and this is not what we are and it's a nonsense and all this kind of stuff I don't think they use the phrase a nonsense but <laughs> I wish they would <laughs> yeah it's not them but uh, I mean where, what's, what, 
where do you go with this? I don't want to tread too over. We, yeah, we talked about I mean, similar stuff last week, which you can check back and uh, and listen to if you if you want to hear more yeah. on this kind of stuff specifically. Well, but I mean, where, where where do you go with this? What's the end game of? Well, I mean, you know, they paid censorships of, of yeah. this kind. I guess. I mean, they paid England a few times since. There's been none of this kind of controversy because we can see things. I like to think in a bit more, you know, a bit, bit more wryly, I guess. But um, but 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 here's the danger. I mean, you know, there are a lot of bands like. Um, Destroyer six six six, who sell close to the wind, and um, and you know they they got they got into trouble uh, with the some of the anti far people and with venues and with websites. Uh, Talk have had to cancel their gig. Um, it you know it's looking like the US is going to become a no zone no go zone for a lot of old school black metal if that's the if that's the case. I'm not saying all old school metal is. Um, you know, is that necessarily controversial? But um, people can pick, you know, people can pick up on anything mm. and create and create an issue out of it. Whether it's um, out of genuine outrage, whether it's um, to create a little bit of publicity for yourself, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think in the US, uh, a lot of like on the on the US like metal blogs and websites, they all seem to be trying to outdo each other. Who can be the most outraged about heavy metal? Just like uh, your heavy metal website, yeah. Um, so um, I can't see the situation getting any better, and I think a lot of bands are going to think twice about touring the US, and I think that's a real shame. Interesting, yeah. Definitely a bit of an odd, blurry grey area as well. Did you say talker? I've been saying it wrong this whole podcast. Talker. Is that what I'm supposed to say? It? I think so. Yeah. You could have told me that before we started this massive debate. Good. Uh, talker, I apologise. Uh, well, not to them necessarily, but uh, to the good listeners of Metal Hammer. Um, so, yeah, an interesting situation, um, and we'll see what happens with that band and if Hust has anything else to say about it in the, in the weeks moving forward. Uh, in the meantime, we do have some questions from the wonderful people uh, within our Metal Hammer family. <laughs> uh, don't forget you can uh, hang out with us on the Metal Hammer Readers group you can find it on Facebook also on Twitter there's the main Facebook page as well billions of ways to get in touch and, and hang out with us um, what have people been asking Morton what's going on uh, well the first question comes from Christopher Blackwell who asks uh, what are some of your favourite non-metal oh, okay. artists <laughs> oh god I don't know I think the worst thing is I don't know where to start <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I made a, a quick list, and I was just like, oh, maybe it means non-rock artists, but at the same time, there's, you know, there's bands like you know, Enter Shikari that I'm a massive fan of, and they're in no way metal. No. But at the same time... No, nah, let's go in deeper than that, come on. But at the same time, I'm a massive fan of Lord and Charlie XCX. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> and Little Mix, to be honest. But, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. I actually, uh, weirdly, I've got a mate, um, a good friend from home, shout out Jack, uh, and we we got in a habit of uh, just making lists for each other all the time top 10 lists really nerdy boy shit welcome to my life <sighs> and uh, we actually did a top 10 all time pop bangers on there and I had Michael Jackson on there I had uh, yeah. Lady Gaga Christina Aguilera for sure Justin Timberlake um, yeah uh, Future Sex Love Sounds one of the greatest albums ever uh, yeah but beyond that um, I mean we all listen to hip hop across different levels don't we? yeah like we could say Kendrick Stormzy yeah yeah Kendrick Stormzy some good recent stuff Outkast is one of my all time favourite um, hip hop groups ever yeah, but massive Eminem fan back in the day of course still Tulsa, now, yeah. Reading. yeah yeah again <laughs> and he yeah. minds um, maybe not this one he played more recently than that didn't he yeah to be yeah. fair last year he was genuinely really good it was fair just enough. 
all the big songs he just did in a bit of a medley rather than as you know full four minute bangers <laughs> that um, I wanted I'm a massive uh, anyone that, that hangs out with me outside of work and probably in work as well to be honest knows that I'm a big dance fan as well love Prodigy and Chemical Brothers and Dead Mouse. massive Dead Mouse nerd um, so yeah always happy to delve in and out of metal when it suits us Jonathan you're being quiet yeah so <laughs> just, just having a little reverie over like all my 80s stuff I grew up with because I'm like now I'm a complete 80s kid right, it's the editor of Subterranea is about to go to town now what yeah no no, yeah, no um, so well the, the band I completely grew up with was Japan amazing um, <laughs> it was like it was like the first gig I ever went to uh, the wow. first record I ever bought um, but I found, I found out much later on that loads of like heavy metal bands also obsessed with Japan and David Sylvie and his solo stuff I've said for years if most people honestly knew what their favourite metal band actually listened to they yeah. would shit to the bed so, <laughs> so, so if, I had a conversation once sorry to drop you briefly I had a conversation once uh, when both of us were very drunk so they might not remember it so I won't name them um, backstage at, uh, in the download guest area with a one of the greatest riff machines um, of the 90s and beyond uh, I don't know who it was up there and we basically talked about how brilliant Lady Gaga is and the fact that he has a poster <laughs> of her at his house and this is like a, a relatively old school like serious heavy riff that's I'm going to name names Eric Danielson of Watain is a Lady Gaga fan <laughs> oh, he, he managed to sneak, yes! he managed to sneak backstage in, um, in Sweden when she played and he's, conv- he's convinced that um, no. she, she's saying what's the song Rock, Rockstar Rockstar yeah there's a song where she sings about her and he's convinced she, she was looking at him <laughs> no I wonder what song that was so for those heavy metal lover maybe could be yeah that's a tune yeah it could be heavy metal lover. so for those who don't know Japan they were like a yeah sorry Japan yeah. Japan so they were um, they started off sounding a bit like um, they were like a bunch of pretty boys they started off sounding a bit like New York Dolls then they then they discovered synths and created some like they became an 80s pop band, like a kind of a classier version of Duran Duran, perhaps, um, and became and became like huge pop stars for a little while. Their biggest hit was like Ghost, which is this really weird, slightly avant-garde uh, song, really depressing, that got to number five in the charts. And then they split just as they were becoming like huge. And um, and uh, the singer David Sylvan is a completely striking-looking individual went off and did his solo stuff, which is a bit more earthy, a bit more proggy, it went on a bit more experimental. And um, it's, his solo stuff is some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. And um, I saw a post on Facebook by Tom G. Warrior um, messaging uh, about his love for Japan. Wow, we are really outing some uh, <laughs> extreme metal heavyweights today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, but, but all the, all the Akakoka guys, they're like obsessed with Japan as much as I am. So, um, so my my modern pop band of choice is probably Churches. Oh, Churches! Yeah, Churches brilliant. Yeah, because absolutely brilliant. But, like, because they remind me of early Depeche Mode, like before they got yeah, serious yeah, yeah, when they yeah, had yeah. Vince Clark, and they've got that kind of that kind of really eighty um, synth sound. Awesome, yeah. Uh, fully back in Churches, and they've got a V for their name, haven't they? So they're yeah, metal Churches, metal. yeah, instrument yeah. metal crowd, yeah. Also, awesome. shout out the latest Thundercat album. That is fucking. Oh, that's great! Brilliant. With one of the greatest album covers of all time. Yeah. So so good. Definitely check that out uh, if you haven't got it. Uh, Adrian Murillo asks, "Who are the greatest thrash bands?" 
Not ever. Of all time. Just two of the greatest. Two are the greatest trash bags. Uh, well, it's Metallica. So it's sort of has draw a line to, under that. Yes, it's like it is Metallica. But it is Metallica. But I still think props need to go out for the German bands. Yes. Yeah, I actually really. think that the German bands were way more influential than any of the American bands. Oh, hold on. Come Where, on. No, I'll tell you why. You can't say one of them is more influential than Metallica. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of bands who sounded much like Metallica, and so, you know, there are, lots of, there are a lot of thrash bands that kind of yeah, just, sound but like... But just for the sheer number bands. of people who would have heard them would have... Maybe yeah, been but um, a lot of the thrash bands like Sodom and Creator, they kind of... They were the beginning of uh, um, the whole black metal movement as well, too. Fair, very fair. And um, all the good thrash bands now, like Necrobenthian, the best thrash, current thrash band on the planet from Norway, they sound like the German bands, like Creator. And... Um, They've got that kind of really dirty, filthy, reverb-drenched, genuinely apocalyptic feel that um, you don't really get with um, bands who are doing straightforward thrash. Go on then, yeah, pick one legend and one current thrash band each. Okay, well, current thrash band is um, uh, Necromantian. They are the best thrash band on the planet, down. Amazing. I would say, yeah, it's definitely Metallica. Um, if we're, if you're asking, which probably not. Uh, my second favorite album before was Megadeth because Metallica's quite obvious. And Ooh. current is Power Trip. Probably surprised to nobody. It's gotta be Power Trip. Although it's not that current anymore. But I'm a massive Municipal Waste fan. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. No, they still count. We're talking yeah. like post post nineties. Post nineties, and because yeah, Metallica is the obvious answer, but because they left thrash behind for a bit I'm just going to go with Slayer because they've been thrashed through and through awesome and on that note we have a special uh, tribute to Slayer uh, written by none other than Dave fucking Mustaine um, that's also something in the new issue that I was really mentioned metal? earlier but yeah very very cool exclusive thing from him um, so Paul Woolley asks now that he's back to full health should Joey be reinstated as Slipknot drummer I'm going to let Morton handle this Slipknot fanboy Slipknot. on the team yeah. number one fan I it's so hard because you do just want him back in there you just want to go yep he's, he's an original man. the heart says yes straight yeah, away yeah exactly completely it's going, yeah. why, why wouldn't he be but at the same time you, know, there's sort of, you, know, you don't want to do a disservice to Jay who's you know, done a, yeah, great, a great job filling in you know, he's an amazing drummer and his contribution to the last album you know, as well and obviously live he's <laughs> a machine but you do just want to see Joey back up there and it's really sad that he's not there obviously he went through a lot Physically uh, and you know his health, and everything else, trying to get back just behind a drum kit um, now with uh, Vimic. But you know, yeah, you'd need him there. It's if, if what the rumours going around, but in the stories that you read online, that the next Slipknot album is going to be their last one. You want? I haven't read that. You never seen that? No. Okay. Corey or Clown said that this could be their last album. Effectively, I can't remember who. Well, started. anything could be anyone. Yeah, anything happens. could be that one. one. But, but if but if that is, and they go into the studio as Red, that that's the last one. You do want at least eight of the nine possible yeah. people in there. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I think Jay's earned his stripes. Is that his mm. boiler suit? Um, but you know, no, no Slipknot fan is not going to be overjoyed at the idea of Jerry coming back. Um, personally, I just—it's not even like I think it will happen. It's just I kind of assume it will happen because in the world we live in. In a world where Slash is playing on a stage with Axl Rose again, yeah, I don't think happen. anything's ever going to be off the table again. So I think it'll happen at some point, but you wouldn't want it to happen for any other reason than everyone's absolutely into it and it feels Completely. right and all that kind of stuff. Because if there's any band that I would die from seeing just kind of capsize into cynicism and just whatnot, it would be Slipknot. Yes, Slipknot, I've never done anything for the money. And if they 
suddenly, if someone suddenly, you know, if they seen as like a cash grab, which I don't think it, it would be, but you don't, like I say, you don't want them to be doing anything for cynical reasons. It mm-hmm. needs to be from you know, the heart. And Stillock's always been a family, you know, about the nine. And I think, you know, Joey, you know, will undoubtedly be welcomed back in at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just the circumstances around it, I'm sure, go way deeper than we are. A- absolutely. We That's always worth remembering. Like, we all like to fucking have our opinion and shout our shit onto the internet with this stuff. But the only people that really know what have happened there is Joey and the rest of Slipknot. And yeah. that's what really, really counts. Um, I'm going to let you <laughs> do this next question because I don't know what the hell this name is. Oh, it's a Twitter handle. It's a Twitter right? handle. Oh, Welcome to the internet. All right, go on. All right. At TJ Crazy underscore chemist, solid name, asks. AKA Clive. <laughs> Crazy Clive. No offense to any Clive's out there, by the way. Uh, asks, uh, do you guys think that Judas Priest will ever play again with KK? If Sneep isn't going to stick around, who's your pick for second guitarist? Now, I'm not by what's gone out in the media this week. I was going to say, obviously, <laughs> as of you know, yesterday and today, you know, KK and Rob you know, exchanging words in Bubs. the press yeah, about you know, what KK annoyed that he didn't you know, get the call back. But again, another we don't know what's happened. That's all between the band issue. But I, I mean, you quit. <laughs> I kind of made a big thing out of not playing again, so I don't know. But, but who would you know if for you know if Glenn is out now? Well, let's say he can't do be full time again. Who would you want to? And, and Steve isn't going to stick around. You know, who would your pick for second guitarist be? Uh fucking hell, younger, decent shredders. <laughs> but they have to be young. If it was going to be a younger, decent shredder, well, it wouldn't have to be. I mean, you can just. It would, go. It'd have to be someone who would kind of fit into Judas Priest. Obviously, you know, I, I'd rather go with someone who had a bit more experience. Like, um, I'm trying to think of someone who just wouldn't be filling in from another band, like a Gary Holt situation. Not that he's just filling in, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like maybe, he's from Exodus, but he's also playing. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think who who would actually fit, possibly Bill Steer. Bill Steer is a blinding yeah, a shout. Um, That'd be great. If, if you were going to go for someone who wasn't English, I'd probably go see if you could grab Nick A. Anderson, I think would be um, a great shout. Or just, you know, who understands classic metal in their blood. And I think you need, you need to, for Judas Priest, you need to have that really deeply in your blood to do it. So I would actually go for a slightly older hand. Good choice. I would pick. Uh, Wes Borland. No, I would like to hear that. Adam D. Adam D. To be fair to Adam D, Adam D would get it. Like Adam D would. You want someone who's going to come out and shred through a Judas yeah. Priest set. Maybe less of the banter though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps. I mean, it would be great. I'd, to be honest, I, I would purely from a uh, being a bit of a dickhead point of view, I would genuinely love to see them put in someone like Sinister Gates or someone because the guy could do it and it would drive the internet insane I would back it I would love yeah. to see that set the reaction to that would be incredible yeah absolutely sin for priest <laughs> yeah. hashtag sin for priest sin after sin priest anyway <laughs> little joke for you priest fans there uh, <laughs> Steve Gerrard presumably not that one says which band has made the most original contribution to metal in recent years or is everybody just rehashing old ideas? I mean, I think if you can't find bands doing something interesting with metal, you're not looking hard enough. Mm. Such as, I mean, the first two that came to mind for me were Code Orange. Yeah, was, Forever right was, then. you know, Forever was an album that didn't just rehash metal, but hardcore and everything. Um, and Zealand Arda, 
Um, oh yeah, okay. Which is a bit more, for want of a better word, gimmicky, I guess, because it was taking two disparate things and mashing them together. But at the same time, I had never heard anything quite like that before, and I don't think you can always say that in modern music. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's always innovations in in heavy metal, and also if you if you're really honest with yourself and you're making music, you're not going to sound like anybody else anyway. I mean. You listen, like you listen to Royal Thunder, that's music from the heart. Mm-hmm. It didn't really sound like, even though I had that kind of retro rock tinge, it didn't really sound like anyone. You couldn't say, oh, this, this riff is taken from there. Um, bands like Hiramzi Pazuzu, who are um, you know, doing completely new things with black metal, taking it into like, really strange and cosmic territories and making it really hypnotic and mantric. And uh, I think they're one of the most original bands to come out of black metal for quite a while. I think it's hard to tell what bands making original contributions in recent years because it's only further down the line you see what impact a band has had. I guess you know, but at the in same terms of influence, yeah. Stuff, sure. But at the same time, you are already seeing ba- hardcore bands adopting a certain sound or at least attitude after the explosion of Code Orange this year, and sort of on necessarily on the flip side of that. When Bring Me released Sam Paternal, the sudden influx of metalcore bands going, we want to sound like that, yeah, was absolutely, mental. Absolutely. Yeah, which is not necessarily Bring Me's contribution to metal, but it's just, well, think, here's what we can do. I mean, musically, sound. you know, you can hear a riff and recognise it, it, that it sounds like a Bring Me riff, but as, as some people might not like this as, a, as a, an angle on it, but even from a production point of view, Sam Paternal will still be influencing albums for years and years to come. Oh, the electronics on it are ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are other bands who like kind of pull a lot of other bands behind them, like Amen Ra. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you can tell they were listening to Neurosis, but what they do is something completely different. And particularly more so a few years ago, because I think um, you'd hear lots and lots of bands trying to sort of get that kind of Amen Ra sense of like traction and that playing just behind the beat that Amen Ra do. And um, but but again, that's a band that play entirely from the heart. And so not, you're not going to sound like anyone if you do that. No, exactly. you're really honest with yourself, and you really push yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Innovation, not emulation. I mean, even in terms of like just the little things, like that Conjurer album, which we've talked about a lot, mm. um, and is about to drop imminently, and you need it in your lives. Um, uh, you know, there's, you can break that down and say, well, this clearly comes from here, and this clearly comes from here, and this clearly comes from this. But when you look at the excitement around that band for a band playing music that heavy and horrible and gnarly and stuff. Um, that's that's that's. I mean, it might not be. I don't know. It is innovative in a bit. It's definitely exciting. It's definitely well, fresh. Yeah, it's like it's a take on the formula that's got people excited in a way that not many bands that heavy get people excited on a, on a wider level. Yeah. I mean, look at um, Gojira. You know, when they came out, you could say, okay, exactly. You know, they're, they're taking this bit from Strapping and Lad. They're taking this bit from exactly. Morbid Angel. But the way they saw those things, how they worked together, only they could have seen it in that way. Exactly. And they created something. Um, really original out of it. Plus, I believe I believe that um, you can only really create genuinely original things if you know where the music is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that's the history of innovation: is taking stuff that's already, that's gone before, and um, and knowing and knowing knowing where it's coming from spiritually or, or or whatever, and creating something new out of it with your own personal perspective. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's lots of really original bands who go, I, I can see where you agree to this form, but like, how do you make that into that? Yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. And Gajira, the classic case in point. 
Yeah, totally. Fair. So there's plenty to be getting on with cynical metal fans. I'm not saying Steve was cynical when he asked that question, but no, there's a shitload of exciting stuff to read about and hear. And you can read about loads of it in our new issue that is out right <laughs> Segway now. Segway back in. Segway, baby. Uh, yeah, the new issue is out right now, just dropped today. Uh, Halford interviewing alongside Iomi, proper historic piece that you really need to get into your eyeballs. Uh, we've already mentioned it, Vile Creature, Conjurer, Ailstorm, Slayer, Legends of the Seagull, and Sepultura. If you like heavy stuff, we got you covered. Don't forget to also check out Luke's exclusive um, extended interview with Andrew WK, also on the podcast's uh, format. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe if you have enjoyed this and give us five stars so we can boost up those podcast ranks and more people can see us and join the Matt Hummer family. Jonathan, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. We'll definitely be hearing more from you soon. Right. Uh, we will hear from you next week. What have we got coming up? What's going on? Oh, I'm going to France, lads. Why are you going to France? I'm going to France to see Carpenter Brut, the leader of the synthwave revolution that we've been talking about on the podcast recently. <laughs> yes. Uh, going out to Montpellier down in the south of France. Um, uh, I've never seen Carpenter Brut before. If you haven't heard any of his stuff, he dropped a brilliant new album uh, last week that you should be all over. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and if you haven't seen the Turbo Killer video, that's your homework. Go watch the Turbo Killer video. Um, so yeah, it genuinely is one of the greatest music it, videos. You, you showed it to me, Jonathan. I don't yeah. know if you saying if you've seen this. It, I'm not going to tell you about it. It's just great. Uh, so yeah, I'll be reporting back from from Carpenter Brut. In, yeah. in Youth Code is supporting as well, I believe. Who yes, you mentioned about them. incredible. I can't wait to hit, see your reaction or hear your reaction when you see you. FaceTime as they come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anything else going on? I don't think so. Uh, I think I'm off to see Here Lies Man next week, which uh, the sort of Afrobeat meets Black Sabbath band. Oh no! Oh, I like that. That album's great. Yes. There's Did you realise what you're talking about? There's a new one dropping very album. soon. There's a new one already. Really? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, end of next month. I Where think. they play? Uh, Moth Club, my suddenly new favourite venue. The, nice. one, the one that Drab Majesty played a few weeks ago. Nice, awesome. Well, I'm uh, after freezing Oslo for Bailon. You are. Um, minus 15 it's going to be. Awesome, yeah. Looking uh, for like a panel thing and seeing Zealand Arda there. Zealand Arda, Gals Verd, which is Gals' new band from Exel Gorgoroth. Uh, Solstafir playing. Um, who else is playing? Or Noir, a great uh, classic. So I had a lineup. Black Thrash Band and Devin Townsend's doing a, a, an acoustic set. That That's not bad at all. So if you happen to be, if you're listening in from Norway and you're going to be London this weekend, go buy Jonathan a very expensive pint. <laughs> yeah, please do, because I can't <laughs> afford it. <laughs> Cheers, guys. We will see you next week. Stay cool, stay metal. Don't paint swastikas on your fucking chest. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.